The following is a production of Galactic Netcasts. We're the answers. Welcome to Elseners, a production of Galactic Netcast. I'm Gregory Sprague. And I'm Corey Scott. For all info on this show, including show notes, subscription links, go to elsenerds.com. And for all and for other Galactic Netcast programs, go to gncast.com. On Elsenerds, we tend to say a lot of stuff and say a lot of bad words. But after last week's opening, I'm taking Ritalin. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah last week was something else uh which also did, it did make what day was critiquing it made it interesting because i'm like wait what was he referring to last week with Corey just absolutely destroying comic-con hq or what um <laughs> i don't remember anything i'm sure i was well behaved yeah of course much like much like i will be when um in a couple weeks when we review 10 cloverfield lane over on uh podcast with terror yeah um it's kind of expected that you have to swear out your ass on that one so i'm just but gonna hey. to stand up and just do like pull an ace venture and just go hey guys <laughs> okay you said talk out of your ass yeah but you know face first <laughs> all right so how you been Corey? how's your week been uh I don't know if I'm just old or if there was a bug going around, but I've had a really hard time recovering from my trip the week before last. And so there were days that I would just come home and pass out and then just low energy the whole time. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to normalize, I think. Um, had a busy weekend of... Well, I mean, not just the weekend, but I watched a, I watched a lot of things outside of what I normally watch, mm-hmm. um, and and skipping out on stuff that I would usually watch. So I guess that's good. Uh, it would be great if we did a show uh, called "What Else Is On," and maybe got to talk about the different <laughs> things that we watched during the week, besides just trying to cram in something in the nerding out segment. But I guess that's for another time. Y- yeah. Um. You just gave me an idea for a discussion topic, but okay. I don't, but it might be a time permitting discussion topic. Um, but yeah, this week has been fun, interesting. Um, speaking of like the what else is on, um, have you been up to, are you up to date with Suits? No, I haven't watched Suits. I didn't watch last season at all. And so I just finally stopped recording it on the DVR. It's probably something I'll have to go back and catch in Netflix later on. Yeah, because I missed the second half of last season because you know how they split the season up. And I, but I watched the premiere and it was when I was like, I'm like, like, because when I was watching like Royal Pains, which I don't think I watched the whole season fin- or series finale on that, not against Royal Pains, it's more against me. Um, but or any other USA show would be like, Hey, catch up online to for suits before the uh, season six premiere. I watched the season six premiere. It's pretty good. It's suits was always good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed the show. It's just 
TV, man. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It's it's one of those things that it this honestly seems like it could have been like a season three plot that they stretched out a little bit because it's this is what happened after Mike admitted he he's not an actual lawyer. He doesn't have a law degree. He doesn't have any of that stuff. You know, so that is that to me is the interesting thing here is that you know it's that it is him admitting he was a fraud. Yeah, and I mean it it's a corner that the show has been painting itself into for a while. So I I guess it's not wrong to assume that they had a plan to get it out. It's it sounds like they still do because it's it was intriguing this whole time. The first the first episode was like a direct thing from sorry moving computer around for the video watchers um was the um like a direct right follow-up from the the fifth season finale which was only like what three months ago or something like that um and but it just it picked up and ran sort of with it like you're following um everyone else outside the firm or well in the firm and then mike in prison and i'm just like this is pretty cool this is an interesting thing going on here with twists and turns that i would that you might catch but i didn't when i was watching it yeah i mean isn't the guy who plays mike coming into the next season Mm -hmm. of uh here legends of tomorrow yeah which is an intriguing thing here because i don't know how big his role is gonna be over uh, or with either show you know is his his role gonna die back on suits well the thing about suits is that it's normally it's a short season and it normally takes place in the summertime so it could be the summer summer winter thing yeah because they it's it's a I want to say it's about 18, like 12 to 18 episodes, but they split them into, into two groups. Right. And it around the time that they'd be taking break from the seasons of whatever regular mainstream shows are. That's mm-hmm. what it does. It tries to catch you when there's not a lot of other things uh, in your in your PVR or DVR at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, it could be good. And it allows him to break out of a role that, I mean, I haven't seen him in other stuff. He was in... Show. Um, he was in uh, Orphan Black. Uh, he had a guest spot with that. Um, he was, I can't think of what her name is, the crazy clone. Um, you know, it looked like she needed to put a, bring a comb through her hair. Um, he was her like, like boyfriend or, or whatever. I'm using air quotes around boyfriend. But... I mean, it, you know, it is what, like he was with her, like like her love interest a little bit there. Um, and then he I, he was in a couple other things I can't think of off the top of my head. But yeah, I mean, this is interesting. I'm I I've I've I'm enjoying it. You yeah. know, it and it's cool. It's like, oh, hey, that's right. I like that show. <laughs> it's, it's like an old friend that you put on, like well, like a warm jacket or something you used to. It's, to wear it's almost like it's almost like getting a mixtape from an from like an old girlfriend or or, or finding the old mixtape from a girlfriend that you had a long time ago and playing it or of. like a s- deep smooth transition like exactly. a tom merritt s podcaster nothing more comf- <laughs> comfortable than that so moving right along to the else news 
Yes. Um, in the else news, um, Netflix is letting you make some make a mixtape. Um, is the headline I gave it. But they announced Flixtape, a customizable mixtape of of your favorite TV shows. This I see this as a potential ever growing um thing for the else nerds because one of the segments that we've done so infrequently like it it wouldn't even uh be justified for an occasional show um returning the plug i might add (laughs) (laughs) but like like just seeing a playlist of everything we've done with um i ain't got time to tv i ain't got time to tv oh the good old days so just um, like the pilot and then the, the series finale of like Star Trek or Breaking Bad or uh, True Blood. Well, now of. I've been reading through on this and I watched the the little video that they give that kind of explains it. And it didn't sound like that's what it was something that was able to be done yet. It It's more of putting a list together of shows to watch, but not by episode, which I think is a little weird. Um and I, I don't know how or why. Like, this is the thing. It, conceptually, it's sort of intriguing, but I'm not sure exactly what it's supposed to accomplish or what it's needed for. I already have a queue on my Netflix uh, that when I log in, there's the list of movies that I've put into my list to watch. And it's really long. And it's hard to find things that are in there. I have to scroll through 160 movies or TV shows that are in that list to remember, oh, yeah, this is the thing that I want to watch next. There's no way to organize it as far as I know, at least from my Roku's uh, or from the interfaces on my Vizio TVs. So it's already really unruly. I don't know that this is the next step in that if it improves things or it's just like, this is supposed to be uh, Dave and I talked a little bit this morning in our Slack, uh, which you guys can go to if you uh, sign up for our newsletter, going to gncast.com slash subscribe. Uh, but it. we were talking about Netflix and shows that he's lost track of on there. And I said, well, the difference between watching live TV, which is what he's doing again now, he used to be a cord killer, uh, and, and watching stuff on Roku or these other devices is that on live TV, you can come home, throw on the TV, and pretty quickly find something. Um, or you just put on the channel of like, this is a time that Friends reruns are on, and I watch that, and it goes straight into Seinfeld and Big Bang Theory. And you can just kind of like let it go on. You don't have to think too hard about it. You don't have to search too hard. The The guide is there when you need to like, oh, well, I'm going to flip over and see what's on HGTV right now. And it's pretty much low thought process. But... When you're talking about Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, you kind of have to chase things around, which is one part of it. And the other part is you have to decide what it is you want to watch instead of having it just you flip it on and it's already actively doing something and it's ready for you. And I still think that's the thing that's missing from the cord cutter point of view. Now, you get a better viewing experience that way because you're actively choosing Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times you're just you're not in the mood to choose or like I've said many, many times, I'll spend an hour or two hours looking through the Netflix choices or the on demand choices or any number of things to finally find something. And then it's like, oh, well, now it's time for bed. I can't even play that movie <laughs> right now. Um, so it's it's a little tough. 
And I think that that's the component that Netflix needs. Now, uh, going way, way back in the way back podcasting to the Spreecast days of our shows as such of old, uh, Glenn Rubenstein used to talk about how he set up his media center through his Xbox and he had a system that he used on there that would play shows that he had saved and play them like they were their own TV channel. And so the shows would kind of plug into spots and it would be like you'd turn it on and it would start playing a show. And if you needed to, you could skip around. But for the most part, it would lay things out like you were watching TV in the 80s on like this is what ABC's showing tonight on primetime. And I never got into that. I never tried it out. But it sounded really intriguing because it sounds like it's that missing portion of, you know, what happens next. Now, I think Netflix is moving forward on things like now when you on my roku 3 compared to my roku 2 um i click on a show on netflix just to look at the description and it starts playing it or it starts playing the movie uh it just puts it right up on the screen and starts up and it lets me back out of it real fast if i don't want to watch it right then but it's kind of like hey you're here let's just go yeah. uh, the other thing is it does is it starts making recommendations after you watch something of like if you like this you might want to check these things out too that's close, but I think we're just still not quite at the bar. It don't have to be something you can turn on or off depending on how you watch TV or how you watch uh, these services. But we're just to that point of like, if we just get to where I turn it on, it kind of has a Pandora aspect to it of these are the shows that you like to watch. These are the movies that you've enjoyed and you've given ratings to over the years. I'm going to throw on this movie because I think this is what you would want to watch. Or I'm going to throw on this TV series but because I can tell this is the time of the night where you want to watch a quick program before you go to bed. And it's that that interaction thing that it's, I'm going to make some smart decisions for you. And you can you can override me, but I, I feel like I know you and your choices enough that this is going to be good. This is going to be what you you want instead of making you think about what you want because that's that's where we are when it comes to entertainment and stuff there are things that will go out and we'll seek and we'll we'll really be like gung-ho i'm gonna go see this movie i'm actually gonna go see it in the theater or i'm gonna buy this dvd or i'm gonna buy this download but then there's a lot of times where it's just like i just want to be entertained and shut my mind off my friend says that all the time he watches kardashians and real world and jersey shore stuff and he's a really smart guy. And I'm like, you watch the dumbest TV I could ever possibly imagine. He's like, yeah, but I just turn it on so I don't have to think right now. So I can shut down my brain after a hard day of work and doing stuff around the house and everything. And it's like, just give me something to look at and drool on myself with. And I get that. I get that feeling. And that's, I think that's a little bit more interesting than the mixtape idea. The mixtape is fun for trying to get someone else into shows you're watching. But I can't say that I'm going to give somebody a list of TV programs and say, hey, you know, watch all of Firefly and then, because that's only a season, but then watch all of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And uh, hey, when you basically wondered how you're ever going to, are you going to crawl outside and see sunlight ever again? Uh, I'd like you to also check out this other thing that's nine seasons long. You know, it's just, no, see, you're, you're, I, th I think you're missing a point with this is if it was like you could rearrange episodes, someone's going to come up with a playlist of Fox fucked up. Oh, yeah. 
And it's going to be the broadcast airing of Firefly, the broadcast airing of um, of Almost Human, of Terra Nova, of every sci-fi show that had the potential to be great, but because Fox aired it out of order, it's it got ca- well it, in other reasons, but it got canceled. But that that at least would be interesting. That would yeah. be fun. Or if you're you're trying to follow a actor, you're like, there's this one guy who shows up in the background of shows all the time, and I'm like, I'm always who the fuck is that guy? Steven and so, yeah, and and just here's here's this episode that he's in, and then here's this episode of this other show, and you're just kind of following him, and you're trying to make mm-hmm. a connection. It's like the theory that uh, Dwayne McDuffie, uh, rest in peace, Dwayne, you were awesome. Uh, Dwayne McDuffie had that a whole bunch of shows were basically non-existent. Their their entire universes were proven not to exist by the last episode of St. Elsewhere. Uh, so have you ever heard about this theory? Mm-mm. Okay, so the last episode of St. Elsewhere, which was a show in the 80s, had the guy who did the voice of Kit um, yeah. and played Mr. Feeney, had Howie Mandel, uh, Ed Bagley Jr., Stephen First, I think, was in it. It was a, a uh, medical drama. And in the last episode, uh, one of the doctors had a son or grandson who I think basically had autism. Mm -hmm. And in the last, the final show, they showed it that the kid is sitting there and he's looking at a snow globe and inside the snow globe is St. Elsewhere. So it basically, it stops with the episode, pans up from St. Elsewhere, shows it snowing, and then shows it it's inside the snow globe. So the entire thing has been a figment of this kid's imagination. Uh... The problem became certain shows crossed over with St. Elsewhere, and then other shows had crossed over with some of those shows, and it spread out and spread out. So, like, it it got to things that were local to it, Hill Street Blues, but then it got to things like All in the Family somehow had some crossover with it. So that means that the Jeffersons and a bunch of other stuff existed in this pretend world by this kid who's been locked up in his room essentially and it went on and on and on so it got further and further so modern shows today x-files and stuff had crossed over in this thing so there's a whole list online of all the shows that have proven that none of them are real like even in the fact that they're tv shows they're all in the imagination of this little boy and it's bizarre but that's the kind of thing that you could follow around you could say i want to make a playlist of the episodes that cross over between these different shows because you're chasing down this kid's visions. And that would be neat. But a, a flicks tape of, here's you should watch this program, uh, but the whole goddamn series of it, <laughs> I don't know how much, I don't know how much potential it has at this time to catch on. I think it's something that they'll fine tune. All I've got to say is you can actually do a search for the St. Elsewhere. Holy crap. The St. Elsewhere theory. And wow. Yeah. It was, it was last updated last August. So August of 2015. And this is actually pretty cool to look at. um, If you know what you're looking at. Um, yeah, the, the unification theory of seeing elsewhere, uh, or what some people call six degrees of seeing elsewhere. It's it's intensely big because 
these shows keep happening and they keep crossing over. If you get Shonda Rhimes involved, you're fucked. Wait, (laughs) wait, hold on. So I'm trying to get the key here. Was Drew Curry's show a spinoff of Coach? Um, maybe, or there may at least have been a crossover between them. The the master list. I mean, Angel is on here. Arrow is on here. That means all the Berlantiverse is is tied up into this. Going backwards, the Andy Griffith show is on here. The Americans on FX is on here. This is it's in alphabetical order, and it is a list that just goes on and on. The Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, Torchwood, Better Call Saul, which would mean Doctor Who's on here. Right. We've crossed the channel. We've we've gone Twin Peaks, like every single thing. Two guys and a girl. Nathan Fillion is not safe at all. dead like me great show yeah i mean it's it's a lot of great shows it's what's interesting is trying to follow the path back to see community of course is on here community would have put itself on this list they would have done something intentionally to make that happen and then you know that that means that obviously um uh cougar town would be on here Mm mm-hmm and Cougar Town being on here means that Scrubs is on here. It's just it's it's fun to chase things down that rabbit hole. Um, but how far does it go and how much bigger is it going to continue to get all the this... CSIs? You know, oh, because gosh. because once you introduced um, there's a, a character actor who is on Homicide uh, that crossed over into X-Files and like one they tried using him in everything he polluted the streams essentially <laughs> wait how do they have hold on i'm trying to figure out how they have i don't know I'm, maybe it's because i'm looking at the 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 picture of it so i You're have looking at the map at the map and in there they have with i like i think it's within the law and order universe Branching out to the secret life of the American teenager, then Arrow, which goes to the Flash and DC Legends of Tomorrow, but then off of that, Hawaii Five O. I don't remember there being a Hawaii Five O Arrow crossover. Yeah, that's the question: is how does this stuff happen? That that's that's what I want to see. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy from 1981 is on here. Hogan's Heroes. It's that's the that's the map I want drawn on Netflix. And it, it requires Netflix to have all of these shows, all of this programming, which I know is their ultimate goal. Uh, Spin City and Sports Night. Sports Night. That means we're probably breaking into all of the the things that, like, did he cross over with his own shows? Did some of the characters from Sports oh, Night uh, line up on Studio 60 and uh, Newsroom? It, it seems possible. It Stargate Atlantis. The Stargates are involved in this. So I mean, yeah, we're way off topic now, but um, we have fallen down the rabbit hole. Whoa, hold up! I just saw the Doctor Who thing. Um, yeah. In the in the Red Dwarf episode, sirens, the crew of the Red Dwarf come across spaceship. Blah 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 blah. Connecting okay with the Wayland Utani ship, connecting it with Angel and an Eagle ship from the TV series Space 1999. But oh my, oh. And then imagine how many things they can connect with Hitler. Uh, just, 
it's it's just it's really it, it, this the the power of storytelling and TV and and just the imagination behind it is so incredible and so powerful. Um, and when we kind of get to control these things more and more, that's what's exciting. Uh, this stuff wouldn't have happened, would not have existed without the internet. Yeah, Let, let's back up to that well, first of all. It's sort of like the um, what you told me and and uh, and an old friend of mine about the uh, Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex thing. Oh, right. That um, wouldn't have happened. That wouldn't have happened until you know without the internet. You know, Lillard we would never. Thing. Well, yeah. no, Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex was. I don't know if it was necessarily pre-internet, but it was it was out there. I mean, that was quoted essentially in Mallrats. Yeah. Uh, that's when uh, Banky is trying to is it Banky uh, is trying to explain to Stan Lee like all the different things with superhero sexual org- organs and stuff. That that's sort of what it's referencing mm-hmm. is is that. But be that as it may. Uh, yeah. Netflix, keep going. You know, you, yeah. you've, got, you've got some cool ideas, but we want to see them go even further. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, you're making some incredible content. We'll get into that a little bit. Yes. Uh, with our next story, um, Netflix will stream CBS's new Star Trek series all around the world. Except, except for America and Canada. Yes. Um, so basically... This answers a problem and a rant that me and Daryl both got on when they announced the new Star Trek series on uh, for CBS as a CBS All Access exclusive. Um, because I may or may not have. Well, actually, no. I will admit I have Pro XPN. I use it for personal security. I am going to be going up north uh, tomorrow with my grandma. And I'm taking my laptop. You better damn believe that hotel that we stay at has Wi-Fi. I'm turning on Pro XPN. It is going to say I'm from Chicago or I'm from New or I'm in New York or I am, you know, in London or wherever. But it's not going to say I am in some hotel where whoever can be streaming my packets. This is not a sponsorship for Pro XPN. Um, but one of the other side advantages of any VPN is if I magically appear in Canada. I can watch Canadian stuff. If I magically appear in England, I magically get can can have access to the English stuff. It's typically how I watch my British television shows. Also, if you sideload Pokemon Go onto your browser, exactly. Uh, you can go to the different gyms and stuff around your area without having to leave your couch. Yeah. Which is great. Turn the one aspect of this thing that's really up there cool into a no. I'm so lazy, fucker. Um, Which someone's already done that with a uh, drone. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And and honestly, one of the things that I saw, and I'm I haven't verified if this is real or not, is that they have made exceptions for people who are not mobile, being that they broke their leg or that mm-hmm. they are paraplegic and they still want to play the game with their friends, but they can't travel around as much. Uh, supposedly Nintendo has made it possible for them to be able to turn the GPS portion of it off. They'll help them with that, which is great. Um, that's a very smart thing to do. So I hope it's true. Yeah. Uh, Cause inclusion is good. I know it works. I, I heard that with, um, and we're, we're off track from the start from the first story, but whatever. 
um, it works with um, with making the with hatching the eggs that you get because you you get eggs after so much or for ever so often, and you have to go a certain distance, and then boom, the egg hatches. Yeah, I um, saw a life hack that says that you can put your phone on a turntable yeah. and just let it go, and it'll help you hatch your egg too. Uh, yeah, again, that, that's what I was referring to. It's funny because, I mean, the 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 high selling point of this game is that it's getting people out there to exercise <laughs> and, and it's it's making people somewhat social and mm-hmm. not home buddies. And I pick. See, here's what I picture when it, it finally comes into Japan because Japan, you know, they have the sushi restaurants where they have the conveyor belts. There are going to be people going in. There's going to be a Pokemon themed sushi restaurant like that where you just could be like, you set your phone on there if you have to hatch an egg and it just goes, going to go around <laughs> over t- until it hatches. It's going to go, ding, it's done. And then you get your phone back. Yeah. I think the Pokemon themed sushi restaurant is going to be serving you things that are supposed to be cut out of Pokemon. Exactly. Uh, but still. Would, um, you like, would you like the fresh magic carp? We caught yeah. it this morning. Mm, um, but no, ba- so back to the sh- to the Netflix uh, streaming deal because Netflix already has the rights to all two or all seven hundred twenty seven episodes of Star Trek of Star Trek already made, including the original series, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. Um, and those shows are going to be coming or will be available for streaming around the world but on, on Netflix by the end of 2016. So, you know, within the next uh, four or five months around the world, you're going to be able to go go to Netflix to get st- uh, Star Trek. Um, my question is, how does, is this, so we're never going to see uh, Star Trek on, or the new Star Trek on Netflix in America? Or, no, I don't know that that's necessarily the case. Um, Here's the thing. It'll depend on how well CBS does with their app here. And if people sign up for their app, then yeah, we might never see it on Netflix. If a lot of people say screw them and don't sign up for it, then they're going to try to sell the content out to wherever they can. So also, I just want to say as a person who gets the advantage of a lot of these things showing up like Pokemon Go, showing up in America first. Uh, good on you, rest of the world, for getting something cool like this uh, while we here have to be minorly annoyed by the fact that we might have to pay for another service. I will uh, also I'm, add I'm pleased that, for you. I will also add that Netflix in Canada is getting uh, Star Wars Episode Seven before America. So, yeah. Take that American privilege. Well... Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how privileged we are with the RNC debates going on. Not debates, but debate. No, fuck it. It's a ugly arky. Uh, anyway, so I still want to know if the show's good. I haven't seen yeah. shit about it. it. It's it's hard to say. I don't even know if the new Star Trek movie is good, although they've apparently announced that there's going to be a fourth one and they're going to go back in time, which I hope kind of that it wraps up the storyline. And they just finish with that. Like they go back and they fix the thing with Kirk's father since uh, Chris Hemsworth is coming back for it. Uh, and then everything goes back to normal because it feels like it needs to be wrapped up. Yeah. Um. So the I have nowhere else to go for that. I almost had a segue, but I lost it. Um. So the next news story is that NBC releases a the Powerless Comic-Con poster, 
with a new cast member. Um, so the poster, which is which is drawn by Neil Adams, it's for the DC Universe sitcom Powerless, and um, the new cast member is Ron Funches, who will be playing, who will be joining the cast as the as the character Ron, an IT crowd, an IT guy. And his character is described as a sweet, innocent guy who, unlike his coworkers, has not lost his childlike enthusiasm for all things superhero. So sounds Ron like Funches. Ron Funches. Yeah. yeah. It's like, how do we insert Ron Funches into this? What kind of character we should make him be? How about the character he always is? Yeah, we like that guy. Let's do it. Yeah. Um how long before this show turns into a we're gonna have to do live episodes every week to see if we can up our viewership numbers? I honestly hope not because where I loved Undateable, I loved the fact that we had um you know that we had that it was live and it was doing, you know, different things. Um don't think that this would work with everything with every show on no i'm i'm network. just kidding i'm just saying yeah there's some really good people in this i mean obviously we both love ron uh we love uh alan tudyk who's in this who you mm-hmm. will be speaking of uh pretty soon love danny pudi uh, who's also going to be in this from community so I want this to be good. This is also a show that is in a lot of ways being considered DC's versions of uh, damage control, which is another reference to Dwayne McDuffie. Um, I'm just not sure on it yet. Yeah. Because it's another sitcom. It's another office based sitcom. And we've kind of had our fill of those. And all they're doing is they're giving you the idea of, well, there's superheroes in this world. Yeah, but we're not seeing a lot with the superheroes. And the superheroes are using are from Justice League Europe, which I don't even think... I think they were the Global Guardians before that. Uh, Crimson Fox and Jack-O-Lantern are the ones who have been announced so far. Is it compelling? I don't know. Until we actually see footage from it, there's no way to be sure. Uh, but I'm, I like all these people. Mm-hmm. But they also are all people who have been on shows that have struggled or gotten canceled really quick. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, And now the next news story is a big, big honking rumors um, dead ahead. Um, We need a sounder. But this is all coming for um, leading up to San Diego Comic-Con. And the I'm just going to hit these off. uh, the the link we posted to Bleeding Cool has the bags that Warner Brothers is giving out at San Diego Comic Con of all the different shows. Um, but the first news is, or rumor is that either Kathy or Kate Kane and her alter ego uh, Batwoman will appear on Supergirl in a recurring role. Yeah. Now they've already cast the role of Maggie Sawyer, mm-hmm. which is. Classically, she was a Superman uh, character. She ran the Metropolis Police Department or special department that kind of dealt with the aftermath of superheroes and everything. Uh, so Maggie Sawyer has had a relationship with uh, Kate Kane or Kathy Kane in the comics before. So 
the idea of introducing Batwoman doesn't seem outlandish if we're getting Maggie at the same time. Yeah. But um, it goes further. Yes, because also with this is we are going to get Barbara Gordon. And she will be on as Oracle. And this is mostly as to not have Batwoman and Batgirl, which I don't get, to be honest. Um, it's like one's woman, one's girl. There's... Um, and it says that Babs will, uh, Babs will have a strong friendship with Kara, uh, Supergirl. The Oracle Batwoman relationship is being modeled after the original Chuck Dixon era Birds of Prey, but with Kathy Kate as the operative instead of Dinah. Um, uh, yeah, because on the Birds of Prey series, it was uh, Black Canary and Huntress and Oracle. Um, it's it's a little weird that they would be using Oracle, although they did make a reference in the last season of Arrow that the name was already taken, but that was mm -hmm. also, at the same time, Supergirl was supposed to be in a completely different universe. So... There is there an Oracle that exists in the Flash Arrow universe that is going to cross over with this? Is Supergirl going to get put in, pulled into this universe? What does Flashpoint have to do with all this? What's Love got to do with it? Uh, the other thing is, is this Love. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to throw one in there too. Um, what is Love? Baby, don't hurt me. So. Because we did just have Felicity as Oracle Light for all of three episodes. <laughs> Bullshit. Uh, oh, man, I need to up my Ritalin. Uh, I, I just... Seeing kind of the same thing is okay. It's perfectly mm -hmm. okay. But Barbara Gordon's not even Oracle in the comics anymore. So and why would been they... has for a while. Hasn't been for several years and doesn't look like she's going back to it it looks like they're trying to create another character as oracle in the batgirl comics or the yeah. batgirl and the birds of prey comics so i'm not sure why they would do this i do like the idea of batwoman because of the fact that it would have potential relationship with maggie sawyer i'm always big on having more inclusive characters on shows uh Although we've had some of that on Arrow. Actually, we've had it in both genders on Arrow. We've had the uh, Mr. Terrific character, mm -hmm. potentially. Uh, and we had Sarah's relationship with uh, Al Ghul's daughter, whose name I can't remember. Talia. No, Nessa. Nessa, right. Um, but still, you know, great. And potentially more characters from the Bat universe while we're still not exactly having Batman, but we are getting a Superman. So it's like, one, I'm kind of wondering who these characters are coming in to replace. Yeah. Because if we're getting Oracle, now Oracle doesn't necessarily have to be teamed up with Kara. She could be the antithesis character to win and have them kind of compete with each other. It'd be nice for Win to have someone to be competitive with and flirty with at the same time when he finds out who she is. But we still don't know the details of who's coming back to Supergirl at this point. Like if yeah. any cast members have left, uh, is Kat Grant still in the show? We know that we're getting a version of Snapper Carr with uh, Enrico, I can't remember his last name, from Cougar Town. 
mm-hmm. he's supposed to be on there. So I'll have to see. But as far as the choices, it's it's different having Batgirl or not the Batgirl having Batwoman and Supergirl together is sort of like a Earth One version of Huntress Power Girl. Mm-hmm. So that is cool. And again, like a gender bent version of Batman and Superman. Now, the interesting thing here for me is it's also tied in with this next rumor um, because Batman himself is still tied in with um, over with being over at with Gotham over at Fox. Um, and as it says here, um, Fox has but Fox has been approached to share the character for a fee. It would like um, it would likely only be economically feasible if an actor playing Bruce Wayne and Batman were made a series regular across the whole network to defer the licensing cost to Fox. Um, and it's it goes on to say that Fox obtained the Batman and Gotham TV rights as part of a deal that included giving Warner Brothers the go ahead to release Batman 66 on DVD. And even if Gotham were to end, they would retain rights as long as the DVDs were being sold. Which is so weird to me. That yes. is like, such a, how do you make that deal? Now, I love the the Batman TV series from the 60s. That was not my entry point into comic books, but it was certainly one of the things that I watched a lot as a kid because of my love of comics and those characters and because Yvonne Craig is a goddess. Um like when we know about these deals of the perpetuity of things like DC has the perpetuity of Watchmen. As long as Watchmen's in print, they never have to give up the rights and give it back to Alan Moore. Yeah, dick move, but they should know that this perpetuity thing is crap. That's what happened with Marvel and Sony with the rights of Spider-Man. It's like they'll never get the rights back for Spider-Man because they'll just constantly make Spider-Man movies. Fox will keep doing it with the Fantastic Four, no matter how badly they fuck it up. And X-Men. So why would you make this deal to give Batman rights to Fox? And my, my, my wondering is how deep do the, do the rights go? Is it just Batman? Like just Bat, the Batman Bruce Wayne character? Because that earlier rumor... And I'm, I'm treating all these like rumors um, with the exception. I think you said that the there is casting of, although no, there's casting of of the love interest for uh, for Batwoman. Yeah, no casting of, of Batwoman yet, but Maggie yeah. Sawyer has been yeah. announced. Yeah. Show. Um, so how far does this casting go or does this uh, licensing go? Is it just Bruce Wayne? Is it all of Gotham City? So, you know, the whole Bat family, or is it the main Bat family with the pillars going out, they could come in? Well, I mean, is it Batman? Because it's certainly Bruce Wayne as a kid, but I don't know. I still can't figure out the selling point of the show of like, hey, we've got the well, license no, not, to Batman. I'm not the selling point of the show. Well, I'm no, but that's what I'm saying. Licensing is. Is. But to make the show that they did, it seemed like, okay, well, they got to make this show because they couldn't make a Batman show. But if they could have made a Batman show, if that's what it actually, if they have that ability, why wouldn't they have? Yeah. That's the thing that kind of weirds me out is like, oh, we're going to make a show that's all of Batman's extraneous characters, but no Batman. Well, why? You know, I, I can't figure out Gotham. I mean, other than the fact that it's just 
batshit crazy, which is what they should have called it. Uh, they they have no care of keeping the characters on track, but they're sort of creating a Batman universe that ruins it for Batman down the road, and Batman's still 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this deal While makes it sound like... Ivy magically ages. Right, exactly. But this deal makes it sound like they could have made a Batman TV series. Uh, mm-hmm. They could have made and can continue to make Batman for as long as they want, as long as they keep selling these these DVDs of Batman 66, a three-season show from the 60s that, yes, was beloved and had probably the coolest Batmobile of all time uh, and some of the best costuming of all time. With the Ford Futura prototype. And Adam fucking West. Yes. But I don't know that it's worth this. Yeah. I don't know that it's worth it. Well, we have all these other superhero shows, but we can't use Batman on them unless we pay you money to use our own character. That blows my mind, man. Yeah. Yeah. That is just insanity. That is something that the writers of Gotham would come up with because it's that fucking crazy. The next rumor, um, because yes, it is just that crazy. Um, the next rumor is that uh, John Wesley Ship, the original actor to play the Flash. Uh, will be the third actor who will become a series regular across the whole CWDC universe after Wentworth Miller and John Barrowman. Um, he will obviously be playing Jay Garrick, not Henry Allen. Um, the other bit is that Matt Ryan could get a similar deal as the network te- is testing, basically is testing the str- uh, streaming audience of Constantine. Um, you know, seeing how well that does over on CW Seed um, and as well as his appearance on the network for this upcoming season. Um, because there is a supernatural wink, wink, pun intended there, I guess, um, whole being left with the vampire diaries ending after this season and the network and basically the network wants to keep its, um, Fridays as their horror night. So you could get a Constantine led series with, um, with supernatural airing afterwards um, which gets, which as I say here, which gets decent ratings, um, with in whatever time slot it is moved to. Um, iZombie could also be a a choice to throw in there before, so you get iZombie at eight and then Supernatural at nine. Um, that part right there just scream it makes sense, and it would be, and if that were the case for next in twenty seventeen, we would have a DC TV show every weeknight. Yeah. And and here's the other thing is that I would like to see Constantine happen as a show on the network that has Supernatural so that maybe it doesn't feel like also Supernatural. Uh, I'd like to see the writers try to do something different with it and with the character to make it feel less derivative of this other show that is already really popular and does did a lot better in the ratings. Uh, I like the idea of these actors slash characters being cast for not a single show but for multiple shows because that is sort of the beauty of these comic universes and why wouldn't you do that when it comes to the to the filmmaking Uh, that's that's what they did with samuel jackson samuel jackson wasn't created as nick fury for one movie or for one role it's it's to play it over multiple films Mm -hmm. and that's smart to do that for what are now 
currently four shows and the Vixen cartoon series, which I think still happens from time to time. And there's potential for more of that as well. Yeah. Spread the love. And it keeps these people paid as full-time actors without having to make them full-time to one series. So Mm -hmm. uh, John Barrowman was recently given the same contract thing like Wentworth Miller has. And so we would not have to have another season of him being strictly on Arrow and wondering, why the fuck hasn't Ollie killed this guy yet? Uh, how much more can we chop off of him before he's just gone for good? I'm not so yet. Be giving him a place to be on these other programs uh, makes it a little bit more believable. And we get more John Barrowman, who mm-hmm. is great. I, I'm totally happy to see more of him. I'm just kind of concerned about the sanity of the hero that keeps letting him do this shit and doesn't do anything about it. But he's my sister's dad. Yeah, we, Sorry, we, I don't we, know why I made Oliver like Nick Cage. Because that's how they write him. They they write <laughs> Oliver Queen as Nicolas Cage at this point. It's that fucked up. I, I, I love Stephen Amell. I think he is a wonderful person and he was an excellent get for dc slash cw because he's just a great guy mm-hmm. uh but they're not doing him any favors with the way they're writing that show yeah um i think that's about it with for that so let's nerd out Corey, shall we let's nerd okay so um i'm gonna go first because why not i'm captaining this ship um and i want to talk about con man well, Sorry, I just realized, captaining the ship, con man, haha, it all works. Um, so con man is, uh, it was kickstarted last year, last year, two years ago. Um, and it it's a web series made, created, made and created by Alan Tudyk. Main created, same word, I realize that now, or same meaning. Um, and it's basically Alan Tudyk's character as he goes around from or being the um it's like i would say it's like loosely based on his life outside of or after firefly because you have a character who who it was was the now you know follow me on this premise here folks he was the pilot of a spaceship on a tv show that lasted for one season and then got unceremoniously canceled does that sound like any anything else that happened i, I don't think so i think it's a completely original idea minority report yes exactly (laughs) um but it has this really it's really cool because you don't really see too much and it is web video length so they're all 7 to 11 minute or 7 I think 7 to 17 like I don't think there's any that are over 20 minute episodes that are over 20 minutes long um and the cast is freaking awesome you have basically all of team unicorn um, the, uh, who, uh, one of them, uh, Riley, Riley, uh, Miller, I think is her name. I, I think, can't think we're listening, but she's on Comic-Con HQ as well for on the show, blaming on science. Um, but you have all these cameos and people coming in. You got Nathan Fillion who's in there as a recurring character. I don't want to say he's a series regular on here because he doesn't show up frequently enough. Um, Mindy, um, uh, Mindy Serling is in here freaking hysterical 
Um, you get cameos by the cast of Firefly or everyone from Firefly, with the exception of the actor who played the preacher and uh, Adam Baldwin. And their their cameos are freaking hilarious. Um, the show, which is thirteen episodes, I believe. Um, I'm gonna double check that here, actually. Um, it's really cool. It, it's going. They're done in like like mini arcs, like like a comic book. Like it's done like three episodes, one story, like wrapped up, or basically one convention wrapped up. Um, and then on to the next one. Um, the oh, there's 14 episodes, and it's just freaking brilliant. Um, Allison Hayslip is in here; she's awesome in the show. Um, she plays uh, Nathan Fillion's character's assistant named Faith. Um, you get oh, Henry Rollins is in here. Oh my gosh. I could not. I, I didn't think Henry Rollins could be funny while being serious, but Henry he Rollins is. is like the king of that. What are you talking about? Well, well, but I didn't think it would work that great. Um, because they talk about he plays, he plays essentially the um the Jane character, uh, um from Firefly in the show Spectrum, um, which is the show that they're that he's that ray nearly who's uh alan tudyk's character basically is uh conventioning around with um but he he goes um he, he gets outed and that's all they talk about it's like oh is um, i can't think of henry ron's character's name but is he gonna be there yeah oh man he hates me ever since i outed him and you don't know you're figuring oh that he outed him as being gay no outed him for being a Republican in Hollywood. <laughs> it, it just, I wonder oh. if that's an in-joke about Adam Baldwin. <laughs> I think it is, actually. Uh, not that Adam Baldwin didn't add himself on that, but... No, yeah. But it's... So it's really funny. Like, they, they throw in there... They even throw in the line of, like... Of, like, of him taking... He's wearing, like, military, like, surplus uniform... Um, it pales off his cap like no one gave no one's able to give me a haircut and just poosh, like almost like kid and play-esque hair coming off the top of his head but again the show is really incredibly funny um uh, Milo Ventimiglia and Nolan North are both in there um their little arc that they have is great um, you see, you see Alan Tudyk, and actually all three of them show their range as voiceover artists, um, which also backfires. Uh, Michael Dorn is in here, and I see why everyone's everyone's like, yeah, Michael Dorn should have his should be able to do his Captain uh, Wharf show because he still looks really young for crack. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, yeah, check it out. It is on ComicConHQ.com, uh, Comic-ConHQ.com. Which I am, of course, a huge fan of. Yes. <clears throat> yes, if you watched last week, you'll know that he is a huge, generous fan of it. Good um, Ritalin. <laughs> but no, yeah, so check it out there. Check it out while you can because it's still free for, I believe, until the 24th. And then it's either $5 a month or 50 bucks a year. 
Um, so Corey, you've been watching some Stranger Things. Uh, yeah. So I, I kind of had a wealth of things that I could have talked about and things that I kind of planned on. Uh, one night this week we watched The Big Short, which sent my wife into a hate spiral about the financial system in this country and our government in general. Uh, so the next night I tried to, to, you know, calm her down, try to, I, I have to keep my rule into myself. So I put on the minions movie and I thought, okay, well, I'll be able to talk about that. And then Saturday we went to see the secret life pets. I'm like, oh, I could probably talk about that in relation to the minions because they're both from the same company. Uh, and then I remembered that this show was coming out on Netflix, another Netflix original. And it's called Stranger Things. And it looked a little bit like when Super 8 was coming out, like what we expected and what we wanted from Super 8. And I got to tell you, I know that I watched Super 8. I can't remember a fucking thing about it at this point. (laughs) Uh, But Stranger Things stuck with me. And I put it on at about eight o'clock on Saturday night. And I wound up not going to bed until four in the morning because I couldn't stop watching it until I was done. So it takes place in 1986. It starts out with these four kids who are all friends. They're playing D and D in the basement of one of their, their houses. And then three of the kids go home. It's night. They've been playing for 10 hours. It's a school night. Uh, They ride their bikes home and one of the kids disappears. And the next day, the mother's looking for him. Nobody can figure out where he went. The police uh, are a little hesitant first because they think that nothing like this ever happens in our town. Uh, But they find his bike and they realize that something's actually wrong. At the same time that the kid disappears, the friends who are out looking for him on their own find a girl that is lost in the woods and uh, they realize that whatever's going on, she may have a part in. So they bring her back to the house and they, they kind of take her in, but they're keeping her secret from their parents and things just kind of go crazy. So this is a mix of, I'm seeing a lot of people compare it to Twin Peaks because there's a heavy dose of mystery to it. Uh, there is certainly a a amount of Goonies or, or those kinds of things where the kids are the main characters, but it doesn't just follow the children. It follows the town sheriff. It follows, of course, the mother and then the older brother of the boy who disappears. The mother's played by Winona Ryder. The sister of the main kid who who is the uh, the DM of their game uh, it follows her as she is dating her first real love at school, but her friend winds up disappearing as well. And it follows Matthew Modine as Dr. Martin Brenner, who is just Matthew Modine's always kind of struck me as a creep. And this is the perfect role for him to be in because he is a creep in this. Um, but the the girl that they find is has got a tattoo in her arm and it says 11 and that is her name 
And so they, they wind up calling her L and they lead her around and she leads them around and she shows special abilities and basically is using those abilities to help them both try to find their friend and keep away from quote unquote, the bad guys, uh, which are from the facility that she had escaped from at the beginning of this. So there's some Akira to this as well. There's a lot of different genres that mix really well in this. The music, uh, especially over the opening credits, but just in the background as well, reminded me of Disaster Piece so much. I thought it was him that did the soundtrack because it it was very evocative of what you heard in It Follows, that kind of like 80s synth, but dark sound. The credits look like the opening of Halloween 3, uh, if you know classic horror. But this, there's a lot of things in here that are throwbacks to horror movies, sci-fi, a little bit of Silent Hill, all great things that kind of work really well together in this story. And it's only eight episodes, so it's it's an eight-hour commitment, but it goes pretty fast, and it just keeps pulling you forward, and it never loses track of what it's doing. You think at some points, like, oh... You know, they're introducing this character and I've got to follow this character around, but I really want to get back to the main story with the kids and the way that they tie it all together. um, Everything matters. Everybody's important and it all works incredibly well uh, when it comes to its finish. And it does finish. It's not one of those series. And this is something that I think people need to understand is that it does get to an end point. And I kind of wonder if the second season, which they haven't announced or anything, but I expect it will do well enough to get one, if the second season will be more of these characters or to me, more likely, it will be another story. Uh, it will be different characters and that will be what it is. I, I see this more of an anthology series like American Horror Story uh, or Screen Queens, that kind of stuff, instead mm-hmm. of a, we're going to continue with these people. But it does leave you things at the end that are not resolved. It does leave you with things that they could continue with. Uh, so it's a matter of, do they pick up where they left off? Do they pick up years down the road and we see effects of this later? Or do they just do something else entirely? It's a great amount of mystery on a show that already focused on a great mystery. I really love this series. Uh, and I highly recommend it. And it, again, it just shows that Netflix has been knocking it out of the park. I was not really familiar with these with the creators on this. Uh, it's written by and directed by the Duffer Brothers, who I didn't have a lot of familiarity with, but I'm certainly going to seek out more of their stuff now. Uh, there were only two episodes that weren't written or directed by them. They did do work on Wayward Pines, which just kills me because I did not enjoy that show. But uh, this shows that they were they were better than what I was seeing there. It's just yeah, it's just so good. And it it does some absolutely nerdy things like when the kids are playing D&D, of course, and when they're they're racing their bikes back home. Uh, one of the kids uh, tells the one who winds up disappearing, like, if you beat me, you can, whoever wins gets a choice of each other's comic book, whatever comic you want. And the kid's like, I want your X-Men 136, which is, of course, the introduction of Jean Grey as the Phoenix mm-hmm. persona. So, I mean, the kid's like, holy shit, 
by the way, the kids in this are amazing. Uh, there's this one character, uh, Dustin, one of the kids, played by Gatton Matarazzo. He is just so perfect. Like, I can't imagine him not being this child from the middle 80s. He's just got this great sense of of that time to him. And the way that he talks, and he's got a little bit of a lisp. He's got some sort of condition where his baby teeth haven't come out yet. And so he's not growing any adult teeth, and it makes him kind of stand out to the bullies. But he's just so great in this, and they all are just so excellent. It's an impeccable cast and a lot of really young actors. I mean, other than the the two adult actors, a lot of these people haven't been in a lot of stuff. They're they're young. The the young sister, she's the older sister to the kids, but she's an actress. She's only 19 and she's apparently been acting since she was 12. But again, not a lot of like people that you're, you've heard a ton about, but these people are all going to get a lot of a lot of attention after this series. Um, and this is one of those things that everybody was watching over the weekend. And I kept seeing article after article of you need to be watching stranger things. And so I'm not, I'm not telling you anything that you probably haven't already heard, but I'm just reinforcing it. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so I'm treading into this territory for our discussion topic very, very carefully. Because one of the other things I watched this week was the ultimate edition of Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. You son of a bitch. <laughs> um, and so I watched it, you know, mainly because one of the things I had heard is that a lot of the people who bashed Batman versus Superman, when they saw the ultimate edition, they sort of backtracked a little bit on some of the things they said. So I'm like, okay, let's watch this one i didn't sully myself by watching the theatrical cut and this is this is where everyone's gonna think oh this is gonna, there's gonna be a rant by Corey. may well be true but there's the opening act is a rant by me um why do we have to have a theatrical cut and a ultimate edition cut or a director's cut for this movie especially when like, like I, I have in our, I will have in our show notes, a link to uh, the Collider.com article, which explains in detail what's in the ultimate edition that's been added. Um, one of the things is they give a name to the cameraman who died when Lois was over in Africa and the big tragedy thing happened. Um, and it was Jimmy Olsen, a little bit of a bullshit move, um, because oh jimmy olsen oh he died wait what but he was superman's best friend in the comics oh no one cares about that yeah no the i believe the statement that was made by snyder about it was oh i thought i'd throw it in there for the fans and stuff just because how cool would be you to use this character uh you don't understand what fucking cool is dude mm -hmm. uh you don't understand what's cool to the fans of like hey, here's this character that is a big part of the Superman mythos, and I'm just going to fucking wipe my ass with it because you guys like him. Yeah. I don't and, think he's cool because how could he be? He's in a Superman comic. And the other part is that in that scene um, in the Africa um, 
I don't know what you'd call that, the Africa murder scene. Um, you have the uh, KG Beast is the character that is just killing everyone to make it look like Superman did it. And all that, um, you see that more as opposed to having things being implied that it was Superman that did it. Now, does it make it look like Superman could have done it, or is it more all these people were shot, but it must have been Superman, because that was a big problem I had. It was... It looked like every... It looked like... With how it was shot, you see this dude, and you don't know he's KG Beast. You only know he's KG Beast if you read that, oh, hey, it's KG Beast. Um, There's this dude and his group of people who come in, shoot everyone else. The only time you see Superman is when the head of this African dictator tribe thing um, has Lois Lane. Which is in the non-extended cut. Yeah, which is in there that part, and he comes in and takes the guy out. Um, sort of deal. And so, the, like, that's so it, it's supposed to allude to the fact that Superman did it, but that I think that goes a little bit with in the later scenes. Um, oh, uh, Evan, we just talked about that Jimmy, the Jimmy Olsen dying thing was just bullshit. I mean, oh. We're going to have a cameraman. Oh, it's going to be Jimmy Olsen. What the fuck? Sort of deal. Um, but you have the... Um, but then it, it, it's explained more with... And I don't know if this is in the, the original or the theatrical cut, but with the group that has the the Superman patches on Batman or that attack Batman, I think it's the same group. So like that helps to further implicate it, but then it's but that's still later on in the movie, which is a stupid thing. It's like, wait, why is this got it? Why does this got to be later on in the movie? So, so Batman's yeah. still not a detective. He's just taking things at face value mm-hmm. and just rolling with that. Yes. Um. One thing I will say is actually it's not so much that Batman's not a detective, which he's not really a detective in this one, which I blame more on. Zack Snyder writing this and less on uh, and not really on Ben Affleck. Oh yeah, I have no problems with Ben Affleck no. in the role. Yeah. I want to I want to be clear on that. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of me shitting on this movie which is in a past episode, so I'm going to try to reel it in on this. My my problem has not been with the cast even in Man of Steel. Same thing. Mm-hmm. It was not with the cast at all. It was with the story that they decided to tell using these characters. And the actors, and, and in some ways, like Beatmaster, uh, one of our producers, and I have gone on this before, is visually they're very good films. You know, to sit and watch them, uh, I'm not a huge fan of how he does his fight scenes of like a person standing still and then all of a sudden they, they charge at the screen but it doesn't look like they move at all. It just looks like it's kind of a reverse zoom, like they're still in one place and everything zooms backwards behind them. Uh, there's a scene with Wonder Woman in this where she does that, and that's straight out of his stuff with 300 and uh, the uh, Sucker Punch stuff. His his fight stuff all looks the same to me at this point. It's no longer visually interesting. Uh, Watchmen, the same thing. It's like, okay, I get it. Uh, we, we understand your shtick now. But it's not like they're not visually pretty to look at or interesting to look at gray 
but overall, still, like, there's coolness to it. I get the coolness to it. I just hate the way that they treat the characters, and I didn't think the story was strong in this movie, which in some ways maybe is improved upon by this cut, although, as I understand it, it still figures into, well, to explain why Batman and Superman suddenly are friends, it's because our moms have the same first name. Yeah. Yeah, that part... And that's just like... That is the dumbest fucking thing to hinge out your character's shift in roles. Did they have... Okay, in the theatrical version, did they have... um, Did Batman come across a little bit more like he's still after, you know, 20, 30, 40 years after his parents' murder, like, he's still dealing with it? Yeah, so I mean... Having flashbacks to... And I'm not going to lie and say that it's much different from the comics because that is a problem with the comics that they've harped that yeah. enough. And, and yes, thank you for showing us the death of Bruce's parents again because we needed that one more time in just the number the of only, years. The only thing I'm going to give to that to the death... or Well, two things to the death of Bruce's parents is the fact that it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. It's Negan. I, li- I like Jeffrey and, Dean Morgan, and yeah. I, of course, like the actress who played his mom, too. Oh, yeah. But totally unnecessary scene, other than the fact that it's supposed to establish, I really miss my mommy. Her name yeah. is Martha. Your mom's name is Martha, too? Besties! Yeah, exactly. Um, but you got that, and then the... I, I liked the cinematic of... The, of the gun going around being around the necklace I like I like that as a um <laughs> sorry beat in the slack the comedian dies again in the credits hmm. um but I like the I like the uh, that scene right there where you have the the gun pull back and it breaks the necklace that looked cinematically good yeah cinematically pleasing although violence against yeah. women is not necessarily my... No. That's that's not the point I'm looking at the screen going, oh, what a great shot this is. Ha! Um, but I, I get it. Yeah, again, he he has a flair for drama in, in the way that he visually does things. But his cause for action is just way out of whack with what I would want from a superhero movie, but certainly from movies about these particular superheroes. One of the things I love about it that's in the Collider article is John Stewart makes an appearance, exclamation mark, the Daily Show host, not the Green Lantern. Right. Yes. Um, but And then there's another one that it was added, and this is Lois uncovering Luther's, uh, Lex Luthor's plans during um, or by using Wally. Um, as she was going through his apartment and realized he bought groceries. It, it, it's these little things. Honestly, from reading these and from seeing this, it makes more sense to me. Like, like I still, I still don't consider the movie to be good. You know, out of the two, out of the two big movies that came out this year um, in the superhero world that had the heroes fighting each other, Captain America: Civil War. Batman vs. Superman. Sorry for bumping the mic. Captain America Civil War was a better movie over all of it. Because one, it didn't need an ultimate cut. 
it didn't need anything else added to it for it to be good. And they're almost the same movie. There's a lot of similarities. And there were there were definitely th- aspects of Captain America's Civil War that were not my favorite, you know, and I've said before that it's not it's not even my favorite Captain America movie. But there was also a lot of fun in it. There was a lot of things that that worked. And emotionally, you felt like the choices that were made, yes, obviously you had to take Tony Stark to a point where he was very upset about the death of his mom. But the path that it showed to get him there at least made sense. It may not have been perfect storytelling, but it made sense, the choices that were made and the decisions he made. And, yeah, he went over the top. And at the end, you know, you can also see that he realized that he went over the top. He realized that he did things wrong. Uh, Towards the end, before we even get to the full climax of it, you can see that he's already deciding that. But he is emotionally distraught. And that had the had the advantage of having that built in already with previous films. So, yes, the story that they're trying to tell in this doesn't have the advantage of previous films to draw on in the same way that Civil War did. And I I, I always want to point that out. It's like DC's current cinematic universe, two movies versus Marvel's up teen. You know, Mm -hmm. sure. But you kind of knew that as the people making the movie. And if you couldn't find a way to compensate for that, then maybe this wasn't the best story to do. No, yeah, yeah, it it didn't feel like the best story to do for this for introduction of Batman, of Superman, of one or well, de- deepening, uh, adding depth to Superman with the Ultimate Edition. And anyways, um, you know, of Flash, Cyborg. Um, Aquaman, which I loved those little things where you you cut to like it's one woman looking at the footage of of Aquaman of uh, of Cyborg and you um, love that like, though because yeah. I'm looking at that I'm like so what we're getting from this is just like okay uh, here's people that we don't really we don't get anything about who they are in this other than the fact that Luther somehow got cameras that are following them around everywhere. Uh, And, I mean, now I I do understand that some of that's uh, talked about in the extended version because it involves him having some sort of uh, information led to him from Steppenwolf. Yeah. Uh, But still, in in the final cut, I'm looking at this and I'm like, so you, you got some camera on Aquaman... And he looks at it all pissed off and goes away. But all this information does nothing for the film. It's no, it's it's that part right there. The of the th- the three characters that it, it shows, it's more of an Easter egg thing. You know, Which, it's it, but that's it not has... even Easter. It, an Easter egg is something that you discover for yourself. Well, an Easter egg is something that's in the background and it's like, oh, there's Captain America's shield sitting on Tony's table in the background in Iron Man, or. Or, you know, oh, I recognize that Infinity Gem and stuff. Easter eggs are something that are that are your reward for paying attention. These are things that are in your face of like, hey, we've got more movies coming out. Uh, yeah. Check out this guy without a shirt. Doesn't he look cut? The, the scene of the Flash coming and talking to Bruce, which was almost straight out of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. Was 
a foreshadowing, a foreshadowing, sorry. And that almost works other than the fact that the conversation is so choppy that it gives Bruce more reason to suspect Clark without really being any reason to at all. And it's like those scenes in sitcoms where two people are having a conversation in one room and somebody comes up to the room, overhears them, hears just a snippet of the conversation, takes it completely out of context, and it causes havoc in the relationship for the next 20 minutes. Um, so an episode of Big Brother. Big Brother? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm thinking Friends, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, uh, all those things. Like, you, you start to walk in the Three's Company. It's such an old trope of, like, oh, well... This person said this shit. Yeah, but you didn't listen to the whole conversation. It had nothing to do with what you're thinking. You just jumped to conclusions. And that's exactly what this was. Flash mm-hmm. shows up for a reason we don't find out in the movie, says something to Batman that is then taken out of context because we never get a context for it, and it just furthers him along this destructive path that he has but that he shouldn't even be on. That, again, Batman, non-detective. I don't appreciate a film that makes Batman stupid. That's a problem that I had with Dark Knight Rises. Is yeah. you, you took an intelligent character who was smart, who thought things through, who planned and did all this stuff, You know, who was at least in the first movie had the excuse of being brand new at this, but had the drive and, and compulsion to go and get better and be smarter than his enemies... And then you you just threw that shit out the window by having him make dumb decision after dumb decision after dumb decision. And this is how we're introduced to him in this new movie. His entire reason for being is a vengeance act because his mom and dad were killed, uh, which is also the only thing that snaps him out of being a dumb fuck <laughs> because her name is mentioned. And this... This whole process is, I'm Batman in name and costume only. Yeah. You know, I everything I'm doing is so anti-Batman because Zack Snyder and, and whoever wrote this shit with him, I'm assuming David Goyer, don't yeah. fundamentally get the characters of Batman or Superman. I'm hoping to God he doesn't somehow fuck up Wonder Woman. But I don't have a lot of faith based don't off of his involvement in court. What? I don't think he's involved in Wonder Woman. He's involved. He's not in charge, but he's involved. And that's still a problem to me. And the, the Justice League movie is still potentially a big problem, other than the fact that I think they're looking at him with a lot more scrutiny now. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I didn't like is the creation of Doomsday and the... Um, because honestly, for a lot of these sequences, and and I agree, I think you said it or someone else said it during watch after reviewing the theatrical cut, is it does seem like it's it's a lot of vignettes, like it's these little segments that they tie together very loosely, um, without any any real rhyme or reason. Um, but I don't, I didn't like how they how they introduced Doomsday, because that's not doomsday much like this is hashtag not my Batman hashtag not my Superman, you know, with how they're being, but with how they're being written here, it's like, wait, so doomsday is going to be general Zod. 
or is General Zod. So are you telling me that Apocalypse is also going to be General Zod? Because apparently everyone's just General Zod here as a villain, it seems like. I mean, I I have an appreciation for Michael Shannon after seeing him do R.E.M. on uh, the lip-sync battle mm-hmm. and also realizing that he was in Groundhog's Day. Uh, he's a weird dude, but I kind of really like him now. So I, I have no fault with giving the guy more work. But, but do it as General Zod. Well, yeah, and and... I, I know I talked about this on the episode where we talked about the movie before, is conceptually the Kryptonian technology just somehow accepts Lex Luthor mm-hmm. making this happen. Like, yeah. hey, I just dragged a body into you, and I know that I con my way in here using technology that it seems really earthen uh, for you being a super advanced alien race and shit, but you know that it's me, and you're telling me, hey, this is probably a bad idea. Yeah, we're going to do it, though, right? Uh, yeah, fuck it. Balls of the wall, man. Go for it, Lex. Pimp out. I, just, like, <laughs> bad, stupid decisions happen because the writers needed them to happen. Yeah. And that's, that's to me, that's bad story. That's bad storytelling, and that's why it's a bad movie. And it doesn't sound like my real problems with it have been addressed. But I am also very much in the camp of it was going to be bad. You know, I, I just had no expectation that it was going to win me over after my reaction to Man of Steel. And that may not be fair. But it's that's my review. And, yeah. and many people get to make their own choices. Yeah, all in all, I wouldn't... I would say if you could rent it on iTunes or Google Play, which I know you can't on Google Play, I don't know about iTunes, I would say rent it to watch it, but I wouldn't I don't think I would buy it. Yeah, I mean um, I, I have the option of watching it and I can't say I have the desire to. Yeah. Uh, the the whole idea would be to somehow it's Stockholm syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's going to make this better? It's like, what's going to make my boyfriend stop punching me? I know he loves me. He just hits me because I don't listen. That's what I feel like watching a Zack Snyder movie is is it's just it's self-abuse at, at a point of like, it's, and, you're, you're letting this happen. You're perpetuating the cycle because you keep watching. It's like watching a shitty movie to the end and you sit there at the end of the movie and you watch it in the credits and you're like, why the fuck did I keep watching this? It was shitty in the first five minutes and yet I just couldn't stop myself. And to go back in and watch a movie that I know I don't like and rewatch it, that's why I wouldn't go to the theater and see it. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to not go see a movie starring Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. I mean, it's really hard for me as a fan of these characters my entire life. And and wanting to see them succeed and and hoping somehow that it's going to be it's going to be okay, but I knew it wasn't going to be okay, you know. And it's one thing to sit there and take people who do reviews at their words, and some people definitely just wanted to shit on the movie, and I I worry that that might be me that I just wanted it to not succeed, but I know that's not true. I want the movie to be good. I want all of these DC movies to be good because mm-hmm. I'm a DC guy. And and I'm just also a person who enjoys good movies. But it just 
it was very clear that for the movie I want to see with these characters, this was not going to be it. And I don't think that any extra footage can fix it. No. Just like this movie was supposed to fix Man of Steel and in no way addressed or improved on what Man of Steel already was. I think what we have to look forward to is the fact that Suicide Squad is going to use the characters, but none of the story that's been... Yeah, Suicide Squad there. looks fun. Yeah, Suicide Squad looks good. From everything I've seen from Wonder Woman, it looks like it's going to be good. But I think the big takeaway is the fact that they have uh, Jeff Johns and the other guy who I cannot think of his name as the heads of basically the Kevin Feige's of the DC Cinematic Universe. Yeah, but again, I reference the fact that Jeff Johns was a big hand with with Greg Berlanti on Green Lantern. And so it's and, not like these guys and, are infallible. Well, no, hold on. No, hold on. Because according to that logic, Taika Waititi was in there, so Thor Ragnarok must be bad too. Uh, was Thor Ragnarok out yet? No. Or, or, or it will be. It, it's will be potentially. Bad. Yeah, I'm just saying. You can't just say that this person's going to be a part of it and then it's it's going to be better. You know, it's, well, people can fuck up. People yeah, fuck well, up all the time. I do it. Hey, welcome to my week. <laughs> well, no, what I'm saying is. Zack Snyder great does great cinematography. You know his his stuff looks visually stunning. And if they dropped his role down to cinematographer, yeah. I might feel a little bit more secure. I mean, well, it certainly seems like they've dropped down you know, his his storytelling aspect. Uh, his his writer portion of it is gone away, and it seems like the direction they're going in for. More of the film seems to be leading away from what his vision was of these characters initially. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to just shit on the guy and say, yeah, now fucking go off in the distance and ride it in the sunset, asshole. No, you know, because there's, there's certainly a market for his films, and he certainly has talents, uh, and I'd like to see him improve, but he, he kind of needs to get out of his ego. Uh, he's yeah. in the Michael Bay zone of like, I'm fucking awesome, and maybe you're not quite as awesome as you think you are, and maybe you should take a step back and work with people who will uh, help you improve on the parts that you're lacking mm-hmm. and hone in on the things that you're good at. And maybe that will happen. I, I am hopeful. And, and, Still, and somehow. Did, yeah, and that's where, where I'm getting at with Jeff Johns and the, the other dude who I cannot think of, because Jeff Johns, you know, being the head of the comics division having this years of knowledge writing a lot of the material that you can base stories off of. But it depends on how much they're forced to listen to him. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see it being good. At the very least, what I see with him is he's going to be like, like he's going to have this wherewithal or he's going to have this ability where if he sees, like, like he, he's the dude on the, on the Titanic that, or, or on a ship, that sees iceberg or is just looking, scanning the horizon for land or icebergs. And if he uh, sees I'll, the iceberg coming, he can tell them, turn left, sort of deal. And nobody turn left. Uh, I will go in a different analogy and I will say, uh, I really like Colin Powell. I have a lot of respect for Colin Powell. I, I, I would have voted for Colin Powell as president probably, but he was in a cabinet under George W. Bush, Dick Cheney. And, and a bunch of people, and all of my respect for Colin Powell is still there, but nobody was listening mm-hmm. to Colin Powell. 
Uh, so you can be the greatest guy in the world, but if you're surrounded by shitheads, at the end of the day, you're drowning in shit. Well, on that note, it's we should probably mention that um, th- this is the time where we plug the Patreon <laughs> and all the other things to support. Um, actually, I'm going to stay shy away from the Patreon because, and instead of a three to the to the Amazon part. Um, basically, if you go to jancast.com slash support, you can, of course, support the Patreon, monthly Patreon. It's monthly charge, beginning of the month. You can do as little as you want. You can do a dollar a month. You can do $5. You can do $10, whatever you want. It's a monthly charge. You can up my Ritalin prescription. Yes. Uh. Um, but the other one, and this one's the cool one, because you you probably shop on Amazon. You know, you, you get your whatever you want. I got these headphones off of Amazon. I got these headphones off of Amazon. These ones right here. I got my book one of Preacher off of Amazon. I was going to say, you get a lot of headphones. Well, I'm trying to find the the perfect pair of of Bluetooth headphones. And right now the winner is these ones, which is off topic, but, but these ones I don't like because... They're over the ear. They're the you have to. It wraps around your ear. The close second is these ones right here, which I got from from Walmart. But the problem is this big fucking dongle thing that they attach to it that is just com- complete, you know, completely stupid. Um. But anyways, so if if you're gonna be going to Amazon and doing your shopping, go through gncast.com/support because then anything you buy after you click on the Amazon affiliate link there. Anything you buy, 3% of that goes to Dave. Goes to Dave to help him keep the ship afloat with Galactic Netcasts, which is t- really, really cool. I mean, yeah. 3, 3% of my of book one for Preacher went to Dave. 3% of anything you buy, which does not affect the cost to you at all. It's, yeah. it's just all you're doing is clicking a link before you do your regular shopping. And I think that it's important to, to think about it that way is... The only skin off your teeth is that extra click. You know, eventually you'll get a little more arthritis in your in your ring finger. Uh, it, it's okay. You know, you can masturbate with the other hand. I do. The other thing, and probably <laughs> just as important for our network, is uh, going to GNCast slash subscribe, and you can find out about all our other shows. And if you go there, you can also sign up for our newsletter. And that's that gives us a direct connection with you. That allows you to join our Slack chat. That allows you to sign up for a newsletter. And it's just our newsletter. We don't sign you up for any other things. It's not advertising that you're going to get. It's just information from us. And it allows us to find out from you directly what we can do to make the shows better, what we can do to make the network better, and what directions we'll go in in the future to make new shows uh, that you want to see or watch, or in some cases even be involved in. That happens. You'd be surprised. So all those places, you can go to gncast.com. There's multiple links there. There's multiple shows there. There's multiple people there, and you like multiple partners. Like I said, so do I. Two or hands. polyamorous. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm nega amorous. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and if, if you want to leave us feedback, which I recommend, you know, comment on the video, you can send us a link um, on Twitter. We're at the, the show's at Elts Nerds. The, the, the network's at Galactic Netcasts. Um, Beatmaster's at Beatmaster80. Evan's at Mr. Underscore Fusion. I'm at that Gregor. Corey's at Don't Ask Comics. 
But you can also email us if you want to do a little bit old school way. Mail at elsners.com. That goes right to our inbox. I usually get it before or after work if I'm if I'm working or you know when I'm on this computer because hey it pops up going ding we got mail usually from things that my myself and Corey have signed us up through the email. <laughs> um, or you can you can call us, leave us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. Even older school. Yes, even older school. Or you can do the new the the telegraph. Just I don't know how the telegraph works. Just Elser Drazzles. Story eleven. Yeah. Um. But yeah, all that stuff is out there, and we appreciate it. It's out there, and we're in here looking for you, trying to find a way out. It's like the Phantom Zone, which is in a much better Superman movie. Q editing and me on a pane of glass or a deal. Um, But yeah, so this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you guys next time. Or else. You have been listening to a production of Galactic Netcasts. For more about this show and others, go to gncasts.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.